0: the Gulf to Canada and around the globe, this is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio as we near the end of May. Well, interesting show for you today. I'm going to give you some really big picture concepts to kind of mull and chew, you know? Chew the mental cud, as it will. And we're going to kind of bifurcate a huge rat-a-tat-tat. We're going to have a little bit up front, some really major things you need to know, which kind of sets up our historical story, which happens to be of Scotland and Ireland. Why would we talk about Scotland and Ireland on this American radio broadcast? Ah, you'll see. You'll see, for sure. Let's get into this show, shall we? And we're going to start with a quote from the founders, Alexander Hamilton again. He's kind of been my favorite here the last few weeks. Man is either governed by his own laws, freedom, or the laws of another, slavery, are you willing to become slaves? Will you give up your freedom, your life and your property without a single struggle? No man has a right to rule over his fellow creatures. Unquote. I'm going to bifurcate this big rat-a-tat-tat we got going in this show with some <laughs> jaw-dropping eye popping. It's, un- it's just unbelievable. It's like, what planet are we on? What country are we in? But let's start out with a couple of really, really, really big rat tat tats which have been glossed over, missed, barely talked about, not talked about at all in the mainstream media. Gee, wonder why. Number one, it appears that, you know, we're all aware of the Durham report, right? I'm not going to go into its details. That's been pontificated on and will be for many months to come. And I'm sure you have heard many tidbits and unsavory slices of that report. But basically the Durham report cements what we all knew years ago about the Russian dossier and the Russian collaboration hoax and the expenditure of hundreds of millions of dollars of our tax money on a political, completely contrived, completely legal, completely unconstitutional and 100% treasonous attempt to instigate a coup in these United States, to interfere with a campaign, election interference, and then to overturn a presidency, in this case Trump's. And the people that were involved in this are at the very highest levels of government. This is not a spear at all the folks at that time in middle management, nor is it a spear at all those many workers in the federal government who bust their butt and do their jobs. But it's definitely a spear at the corrupt upper echelon. And the upper echelon from those days has been installed beginning with George Bush. I'm not sure whether it was intentional or he's just mindless George Bush. But it was installed quite intentionally with Barack Obama. I mean, Barack Obama had a plan. No matter what you think of him, he's a brilliant communist. He's a brilliant ideologue. He hates the United States of America. We are a colonial power, folks. He hates colonial powers. Don't believe me? Read his own book, Dreams from My Father. The United States and the Western world needs to be punished for their colonial ambitions of the last thousand years. And the, United, the people in the United States need to be punished for amassing a disproportionate share of wealth and a disproportionate share of resources and for exerting their will and influence over others around the planet. You know, we're colonizers, and in a way, America has been a colonizer. We've talked about the <laughs> the wayward foreign policy of this government in the past. The many, many, many mistakes that we make and that we seem to be compounding right now. Which brings us to our first rat-a-tat-tat. It appears that starting to bubble to the surface is the corruption of Ukraine. Now, we knew Ukraine was corrupt. We know Ukraine was a money laundering center for all sorts of bad people and wealthy elites for at least the last 30 or 40 years. But now, American taxpayer money is going into a supposed quote-unquote war effort funded by globalist countries, primarily the United States, against nationalist-thinking countries, China and Russia. It's the battle of the world order. It's a battle of the currencies. It's a battle for premier position and power on the planet Earth. And the fact that it's money out of your pocket and not out of the pockets of the powers that be is all the more enticing to them I mean anytime you can fight a war for your own power with somebody else's money I mean <laughs> let's step right up to the plate but now it seems that a lot of that money is getting siphoned off hither thither and yon hmm what pockets could it be possibly could it be flowing into maybe the same corrupt pockets that brought us all these other goodies the goodies of corruption and treason And to go one step further, anti-humanity, actions, thoughts, and deeds. Rather than get into the nitty-gritty, because I'm going to do a lot more research on this over the coming months, I refer you to ontherightsideradio.com, under the audio bar, under treason, under corruption, Colonel William McGregor, who knows a thing or two about Ukraine, (laughs) and I think has the most realistic view of that mess of probably anybody, anywhere. Listen to what he has to say. This guy is an expert. I'm just a hasty in Wyoming. That's number one. Number two, have you noticed over the last two weeks that Obama has become very, very vocal about gun rights? About gun confiscation, although he doesn't go there. He's too smart to quite say those words. But about disarming the American population, which, of course, has been one of his missions since the very beginning. You know, the fundamental transformation of the country. The destruction of the Constitution. The creation of an ever-larger Om- omnipotent and powerful federal government at the expense of the states and the individuals who comprise Americans and America. And do you notice the drumbeat of 2A wailing and moaning simultaneously erupting from President Cadaver since Obama and Soros pull his strings? He's really a vacant body. And though, as with all things they do, there is a guise, you know, public safety and save the kids in the schools and all this kind of stuff. You're well aware of my thoughts as to the perps of mass shootings, be they in schools or be they somewhere else in a mall. And in most cases, the perps have all these similar traits, all of which come down to one thing. They have a malleable mind, which goes back to my shows on mind control. Please listen to them voice to skull technology mk ultra etc etc the erasure of memory the supplanting of new memory and the ability to issue commands which the recipient due to psychotropic drugs other mental instabilities all of which are known through these now digitalized medical records in both the military and in the civilian populations are easy targets to identify and pick out. Many of these are purposeful false flags. And you can expect false flags not only in this realm, but in many others and far larger over the course of this coming year. We'll discuss that in the future. And of course, each and every one of these events are used as part of the guise. You know, guns need to go away because people need to be safe. Well, my tact, and I think probably yours, is that it's just the opposite. People are safe armed and trained. People are unsafe, unarmed. And we have thousands of years of history, back to the days of swords and spears, to prove this point. A point which illuminates the real intent of governments who wish to disarm their population. And I can give you hundreds of examples throughout history. Which leads us to the next, shall we say, big rat-a-tat-tat. I've brought you the stories of the Netherlands uh, forcing at least 3,000 of their 12,000 family farms to leave the farms. Forced sale, if you will. Do you remember Biden coming up with his 30-30-30 plan? I brought this to you two years ago. He wants 30% of the land and water areas of the United States to be government-owned and controlled. 30% to be controlled kind of by the, you know, the friendly NGOs and conservation outfits. And the other 30%, oh, lucky us, to remain in private hands. And then let's skip over to the Netherlands, where they're taking, gee, 3,000 of 12,000, it's 25%, you know, about 30%. Now endorsed by the WEF-controlled European Union. To kind of close the loop on this, John Kerry, who is... uh, I'm not sure I can quite describe my disdain and disgust for that creature. I don't want to call him a human. It's an insult to other humans. John Kerry, the climate czar for Obama. I mean Biden. I mean Obama has now come out in the last week and said, you know, uh, if we're going to get climate change under control, we're going to have to take care of agriculture. Because agriculture, according to Curie, is 30% of all the bad emissions on the planet. Nitrogen and carbon dioxide and all sorts of nasty stuff and methane, you know, those cows farting. And he actually went the next step, folks. He said, it is possible that we will have to confiscate farms from small farmers and family farms, in the United States to achieve our climate goals and save the earth so that we can all live. So let's see, in those last two rat-a-tat-tats, they want to take your firearms, which are constitutionally protected, and they want to take your property, which is constitutionally protected, which brings us to the next third big rat-a-tat-tat. And by the way, all these stories are under rat-a-tat-tat treason, Corruption, And in some cases, under the audio bar, on the right side, radio.com. You can read all the gruesome details for yourself. I'm just hitting the top of the, I was going to say top of the skim. How about top of the scum? Which brings us to the next rat-a-tat-tat. The federal government is now admitting that it needs to spend $60 trillion from now until <laughs> 2050. implement its green energy deal now the rest of the world of course is laughing at us as china and russia develop their fossil fuel coal and other resources along with greener energy you know kind of the smart approach which by the way as an aside i've been promising you the silk road history and update of china which is brilliant for like a month and a half we will get to it next week and this 60 trillion is going to come from where Oh, that's right, the property in the pockets of United States citizens. You know, it's an interesting exercise to total up the value of all the retirement accounts in the United States, and the pension holdings of various pension outfits for retirement of other Americans, and then the amount of money in bank accounts held by private individuals. You know, it's amazing, but give or take, it equals about $60 trillion. It must just be a math coincidence. Because they've now told you that they want to take your property and they've told you they want to take your defense, but they would never take your money, would they? I mean, they'd never take your retirement. They'd never kind of play with the money you have in your bank accounts. Even if they do that digital currency thing, you know, poo, poo, poo. We're just doing that so, so we can ease the speed of transfers and lower the cost of commerce. It has nothing to do with wealth redistribution. It has nothing to do with taking your money to pay the debts they have created for you. You know, that $31.5 trillion, which they're now arguing about raising. No, there's no correlation here, folks. Tis tiss shame on you for even, tsk, even having the thought, even having a momentary lapse into thinking the unthinkable. And then we have, for our next kind of major upfront rat-a-tat-tat, I've talked to you about reparations. <laughs> I told you they were coming 5 years ago, everybody laughed at me. And now we know about California and their 800 billion and San Francisco and their 5 million per person and New York and Illinois and I can go down the list. Well, now they've said the unthinkable again. This is all in the last 2 weeks, folks. Cory Bush, a member of the Communist Squad there in Congress, elected all by the way from blue states. I'll get there in just a moment. She said, you know, all this stuff that's going on in these states like California, this is great. But what we need is we need a national reparations policy. And then she, along with so-called academic experts, have come up with a number. You know what that number is? $14 trillion. That's right. We need to institute national reparations, folks, to the tune of $14 trillion. Oh, okay. And of course, that number will go up, folks. I mean, $14 trillion was just the trial balloon, kind of the, the first shot across the bow, so to speak. And of course, this would have nothing to do with buying votes using your money. No, 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 no. Shame on you for thinking that. And this would have nothing to do with taking resources from you, somebody who might want to stand up for their rights, and giving them to somebody who would be more than glad to get them and vote for more, thereby Diminishing your rights, which you no longer have the resources, either defensively, firearms, or financially, your bank accounts, your retirement, and your property, to contest. But who would think of such a diabolical scheme? Oh, This is impossible. It can't happen here. This is way outside the normalcy bias of, unfortunately, the huge proportion of the population which isn't even paying attention. And if you want to listen to the squad, who's the mouthpiece for communist globalism, once again, all elected in blue states by blue thinking people, or should we say non-thinking people, who up to now have been our quote unquote, fellow Americans, unquote, fellow Americans in name only, because (laughs) your fellow countrymen, who really feels a unity with you, doesn't want to take from you to give to them. Let's talk about your family's safety. If you listen to this show, you know our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. There's been 70 physical attacks on grid stations and countless cyber attacks in the last year. Imagine a blackout lasting days, weeks, months. Look around your house. Water, refrigeration, heat, light would be poof. That's why having your own portable solar power and not relying on a government grid is critical. With a patriot power sidekick from Four Patriots... You get a solar generator that's quick easy portable on the go or even inside and though only the size of a lunchbox it's powerful it'll power your phones your medical devices even a mini fridge a free solar panel, free shipping, and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. You can get 10% off your purchase using the code RIGHTSIDE at checkout. 4 Use the code RIGHTSIDE. Get 10% off. Forpatriots.com Protect you. Protect your family. And some of you may be out there listening to me right now saying, Well, you know, I don't have a family farm. I don't have a ranch, I don't have this, I don't have that. You might even be one of those few folks who don't have a firearm. I mean, why would I care? Well, let me tell you, folks, and there's many, many sayings about this. If you look at the overall agenda, United Nations Agenda 2021, United Nations Agenda 2030, Klaus Schwab's book, the WEF 2030-2050 agendas, after they take the family farms from them, you know, that nameless them, your fellow countrymen, then they're going to come for your little suburban house. Because, you know, the acre that you're on, or the half acre, or the quarter acre, that's a really poor use of land. And you have to commute, which is contributing to, you know, emissions, which is going to kill us. And of course, this is all for your own good, because you're going to be closer to services. And you could ride a bicycle to work from your crowded urban government-sponsored dwelling. Now, you folks may think I'm crazy. You may think I'm wild-eyed conspiracy theorist. <laughs> That's the first term they use. Remember, go back to our history of psyops. I mean, when you're over the target, you're a conspiracy theorist. How many of our conspiracy theories that we have discussed on this program over the last 10 years have come to pass, are coming to pass, are in your face? All of them. All of them them and what is America America really is the Constitution the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights that's really what America is oh yes it's a land area and it's a bunch of people and it's folks from all over the place which is great and it's a gargantuan though now faltering economy and it is a big once great military sure it's all those tangible things but it's really an intangible idea And the idea is ensconced in those three documents. Yes, there are others, but that's the nucleus, that's the foundation, that's the pillar, which of course is why it's under attack. And those documents, born of a divorce, the divorce of the colonies from their mother country. You know, the colonies weren't just the colonies. The colonies were British. They were part of the United Kingdom, which has evolved, obviously, since then. And the colonies decided to divorce. Because in the end, the enshrinement of individual freedom, liberty, and choice, the pursuit of happiness, is really the essence of America. It's what's drawn hundreds of millions to its shores. It is what has created what I would call the American DNA. You know, folks who come to America, and I'm not talking about this welfare grab that's going on at the border right now, at least with many of the immigrants, not all. America really attracted like-minded people from around the planet, people with a sense of adventure, people who could overcome their fear of the unknown with their expectations of a shot at greatness, folks who shunned the religious, individual, economic, and thought oppression of other governments, who were willing to take a risk, a risk of their lives, to create a life, to grab the brass ring of opportunity. And they immigrated here with nothing except expectations, hope, and a yearning to have the liberty to try and make something of themselves. It's really what my historical novels are about, the Threads West and American Saga series. And in it, America, its promise, those documents, which are its nucleus, which are the essence of the country, it's what drew those immigrants here. So when you get people from around the world who have like-minded aspirations, like-minded fears, like-minded hopes, you have an American. Which brings us to our brief historical stories today. Kind of close to home, actually. Let's take a look at Scotland. Scotland was kind of its own little empire, a number of different tribes and clans. I think most of you have probably seen the movie Braveheart, William Wallace. Scotland's population is a little over 5 million. That's the 2001 census, by the way. And Scotland has about 78,000, give or take, square kilometers within its quote-unquote boundaries. A kilometer, by the way, is six-tenths of a mile. And Scotland over the years has evolved. You know, the UK, Britain is really not an independent country. Did you know that? I'm going to give you the definition of independent countries here in just a moment. Because it is interfaced with parts of Ireland and Scotland and Wales and other members and protectorates and parts of the quote-unquote kingdom. But Scotland never really won its independence. That's a fallacy. What it did win was autonomy within the United Kingdom structure of government, at least in some respects. Let's take a look at what the world views as an independent, fully sovereign state. Number one, it has borders and defends them. Number two, the boundaries of the state... Are internationally recognized and respected. People live there on an ongoing basis. There's economic activity and an organized economy. Scotland does not regulate foreign or domestic trade. The Scottish Parliament is not authorized to do so. Under the Scotland Act of 1998, the Scottish Parliament, however, is able to pass laws on a range of issues which are called devolved issues. The United Kingdom Parliament, the British Parliament, is able to act on quote-unquote reserved issues, and that includes most economic issues, fiscal, economic, monetary, energy, common markets, traditions. The Bank of Scotland does issue money, but it prints the British pound on behalf of of the central government of the United Kingdom. The Scottish Parliament is able to control education, training, and social work, but Britain has retained control of Social Security, the welfare part of the state. Another international metric, the transportation system for moving goods and people. Scotland has its own transportation system, but it's not fully under Scottish control. The Scottish Parliament controls the road network, bus policy, ports and harbors, but the British Parliament, the UK Parliament, controls railways, transport safety, and regulation. Another international metric is does the government provide public services and police power? In the case of Scotland, the Scottish Parliament has the ability to control law and home affairs, criminal, civil law, prosecution system, the courts, all that kind of stuff, and police and fire services. But the British Parliament, The UK Parliament controls defense and national security. Sovereignty, another international metric. No other state or country has power over the country's territory. Scotland does not have sovereignty. The UK Parliament has and exercises power over Scotland's territory. The final metric, external recognition. In other words, has the country been voted into the club of countries, so to speak? Scotland has no external recognition on the planet. Scotland doesn't have embassies in other independent countries. All that is handled by the mothership, the British Parliament, the UK Parliament. Now let's take a look at Ireland. You have the Republic of Ireland and you have the United Kingdom. Ireland was once one country. It came under British rule. And long before it came under British rule, there was all sorts of animosity between various parts of Ireland, spurred mostly by religious differences, Catholics versus Protestants. Ireland was formerly incorporated into the United Kingdom in 1801, and the majority of the population of Ireland is Catholic. Most of the population of the UK, the United Kingdom, and Britain is Protestant, and the northern part of the island of Ireland is also majority Protestant, primarily because of a mixture of kind of long-standing Protestant communities in the north and immigration from Great Britain to the south, or should I say, to the region. Think about the immigration right now at the southern border. What changes it might act as a catalyst for in the future of the United States? So it goes without saying that many in Ireland, well, resented, and that's a soft term, being part of the United Kingdom. They felt they were being occupied by the British. And by the early kind of 20th century, there were rebel groups that actually began to fight against the British state for creation of an independent Ireland. In 1922 the Irish Free State was created. This gave Ireland significant autonomy, but like Scotland, kind of kept it part of the, quote-unquote, British Empire, part of the UK. And at that time, the island was partitioned. There were six counties, big counties, in the north, which formed what was called Northern Ireland, and the remaining counties stayed kind of as part of the United Kingdom. And Britain, the United Kingdom, was primarily concerned with keeping the industrial city of Belfast, right? economics, right? In the end, all conflict is economic. And they wanted to keep the city of Belfast in the United Kingdom. In 1949, the Irish Free State gained full independence and became the Republic of Ireland. This kind of cemented the split of Ireland into two very distinct countries, the Republic and the UK. And the Republic of Ireland meets all the metrics of an independent country in the eyes of the planet. So all this brings us down to a really big picture question I'd like you to think about. Talk with your friends, share the show with them, share the thought with them, whether or not you share the show. Who has left America? Is it you and I and others like us who believe in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the concept of America, what America really is in its foundational, essential essence? Or is it the others? the tyrannical minority, the communists, the socialists, the alt-left progressives. Remember, liberals are really of many classes. You have Americans who think left. I would call them liberal. Good for them. Welcome to the American fold. And then you have progressives who want to nudge their concepts, undermine the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and then of course you have the communists, who want state control of everything. Who has left America? The communists and the progressives? Or those, whether they are moderate or conservative or liberal, who believe in the foundations of this country, in what this country is in its basic element, putting aside its assets and its military and all that stuff? I've gotten great feedback on this whole concept from people who say, no, you know, the divorce idea will never work. And folks who say, you know, I've been thinking about it a long time, and I hate it, but it's the only way. I'm really interested in what all of you think. You know, we're all in it together, folks. Shoulder to shoulder. Americans who believe in America. It's foundational essence. So write to me. Tell me what you think. On the right side radio at Reagan.com. On the right side radio at Reagan, R-E-A-G-A-N.com. Don't be bashful. And now let's talk about rat a tat because we got a pile of it to go through. And as I go through these, and I didn't pick them out especially, I mean, this is, this is a fraction. It is not even the tip of the tip of the iceberg of what I could have brought you, given more time. But think about how you want to deal with this. Do you want to try and deal with it, or do you want to just say, no, not for me. You take the left path, I'll take the right path. Have a nice life. On the election fraud front, you know, those conspiracy theorists, the big lie. (laughs) You wait and see how all this will be proven up over the next couple of years, folks. You just wait and see. The trial court in Kerry Lake's election dispute down there in Arizona acknowledged that there were, mm, you know, some things not quite right in the signature verification process in Maricopa County, Arizona. The case had been sent back by the Arizona Supreme Court for trial on that one point. But it said it couldn't rule on it because it couldn't determine that the one second it had taken, based on computer records, to verify each of 70,000 signature verifications by Maricopa County election personnel was inadequate and it couldn't impose a time frame. So it's going back to the Arizona Supreme Court. There's been a bunch of other election fraud stuff uncovered. You'll find that under Election Fraud and Treason on, on rightsideradio.com. I've been remiss in getting that up the last few weeks, but you'll have a bunch of reading material this week. And then, of course, we have the wrongdoings of the echelons, the higher echelons of the FBI. I want to emphasize, this is not rank and file. This is not the guy and gal on the street risking their life and trying to do the right thing and upholding their oath to the Constitution, the founding documents of the country. This is the upper echelon, the woke, progressive, communist upper echelon. And as you probably know, there's been a bunch of FBI whistleblowers. There'd probably be a lot more, except that the agency, illegally, this is against federal law, not that that seems to matter, to this law enforcement outfit, has refused to turn over after saying they would. Reports documenting Biden taking bribes from foreign nationals in consideration of policy favors. The House subpoenaed the document. The FBI dragged its feet. McCarthy went down and met with the FBI. The FBI agreed to produce it, but now the FBI has confirmed it exists, kind of, but said, no, we're not going to give it to you. Last time I checked under our founding documents, Congress administers and oversees the FBI, not vice versa. And it seems that the FBI does not want to be, quote-unquote, unfair to Joe Biden. Because you know this was just reports, and they really didn't investigate it, so they can't say if it's true or not. Hmm. Let me think about this Russian dossier, crossfire hurricane thing. By the way, as an aside, if you want to donate to Carrie Lake, it's under Take Action page and uh, under tat Thirty X match, folks. You put in ten bucks. You've donated three hundred. She's fighting the fight for you. And along those lines one of the FBI whistleblowers, by the name of Kyle Serafin. It seems he was reassigned to some place outside of Washington, D.C., had his moving van packed, family in the car, house sold, the whole nine yards, and in the middle of the move, the FBI itself seized the moving van, under rather foggy pretenses, and didn't return it for months, amongst other nefarious actions. There's a newsletter by the name of Coffee and COVID, It's put out by an attorney in Florida, Jeff Childers, who, by the way, is brilliant. Also, one of the lead attorneys trying to bring justice for the adverse effects of the jabs and the fraud that was perpetrated on the world by the government in collusion with Big Pharma. And his newsletter is great. He has a multiplier donation system set up called the CNC Multiplier. It's terrific. It raised over $500,000 for that poor Marine that's getting railroaded in New York over this subway strangulation deal. But he has a uh, multiplier for Kyle, and I think we should show support to these people who are standing up for what we believe America to be and who are loyal to their oath to the Constitution. That is going to be posted prominently on the website, on therightsideradio.com. Your contributions should be in $2 increments, $2, $12, $22, etc., so that it's clear that the source is a CNC and multiplier. And not only does this support an American, a fellow American, true American, but it also sends a message to the FBI and to the government, not that they much care about our messages. Let's switch over to the, you know, racist woke crowd, shall we? NAACP President Jerich Johnson. <laughs> he's been screaming and yelling, and now he's doubled down over how... Florida is racist and a danger to blacks, and particularly black gay people. Quote, we are advising African Americans and others that if you travel to Florida, beware that your life is not valued, that we have a political landscape that could cause harm as we prepare for the 2024 elections to right-size the political landscape in the state of Florida. Is he talking about uh, planning their frauds? So this poor college student, this and this video has gone viral. You can find it on YouTube. She was given a zero on an assignment because she used the words biological women in a final project on transgenders creating or competing in biological women's sports. On the right side of history, there was a tweet. They're an outfit, by the way. College student gets zero on an assignment for using the words biological women. The professor wrote that although the proposal was good, The term biological women is not allowed in the course because it further reinforces heteronormativity. Wait, new word from the left. So who's the real sucker here, folks? Is it the student? Is it this, you know, obvious progressive or communist teacher? Or is it all us parents who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars sending our kids to a university to be taught this crap? Might be time to think about... What kind of money you're sending to these universities to poison your country and poison your kids? Also in the education woke crazy theme, so there's a Georgia school district, Forsyth County School District, that took out eight books from its libraries and its curriculum, all sexually, very sexually explicit. And the Department of Justice got involved and did a study, and now they say that this school system, by removing these books, ruined diversity and, quote, created a hostile environment for LGBTQ students. One describes, you know, in detail how to give oral sex. And then, All Boys Aren't Blue, by a guy by the name of George Johnson. This is about a black boy growing up and learning about different sexual experiences, including two boys performing oral sex on one another. In fact, one mother was banned from the school board meetings, after trying to read out loud a scene from one of the books. That's how, you know, gross it is. How's that? By the way, President Kadaver defended some of these books in a video when he announced his re-election campaign back there in April of 2020. And he called out MAGA extremists for banning these types of books from the classroom. You know, racist and homophobic. Down in North Carolina... Governor Roy Cooper, a Democrat, hey, North Carolina, wake up, declared that the state's public education system is in a state of emergency. Oh, my God. Following Republican legislative passage of certain bills about school choice and parental rights. In fact, these bills could, quote, according to the governor, quote, choke the life out of public education, unquote. Oh, my God. By the way, The legislation he's talking about, it makes all, all students eligible to have the state cover nearly half of the average cost of attending a private school, you know, vouchers. And Cooper screamed and yelled that even millionaires could get these vouchers. Oh, and then he wasn't happy that the teachers only got a 4.5% pay raise over two years, as opposed to his 18% raise. You might want to investigate how much money he gets from the teachers' union. And then the state and the Senate down there passed legislation that would require educators to tell parents if their kid was transitioning genders at school and prohibited lessons on gender identity and sexual orientation in K-4 and under classrooms. So this, folks, is the end of education in North Carolina, according to its Democratic governor. But, you know, like a bad late-night infomercial, we're not done. There's more. Target! I guess you know the lessons of Bud Light, which, by the way, as a little aside, rat a tat tat, is now in the position of having to buy back hundreds of millions of dollars of cases of beer from its distributors, which have now passed their stale date because they can't sell them. Good for us. Good for America. Good for my fellow Americans. Teach them a lesson. Hit them in their pocketbooks. That's the only thing they understand. But Target obviously doesn't understand it. And neither does Miller Lite, because they're going down the same crazy path. Target, that's right. Target stores. They've partnered with a UK-based satanic designer. I'm not making this stuff up. His name is Ab Prelin, whatever, and his designs proclaims, quote, Satan loves you, unquote, and quote, Satan respects pronouns, unquote, and Target calls its. <laughs> It's transgender or gay line, whatever. It's pride line. By the way, this satanic gay designer, by his own admission, identifies as a gay trans man. I'll have to think about that for a moment. And he kind of mixes his satanic messages with pro-LGBT activism. Quote, LGBT plus people are often referred to as being a product of Satan or going against God's will. So fine, we'll hang with Satan instead. So naturally, Satan respects pronouns. He loves all LGBT people, unquote. Well, Target's in a big panic. (laughs) They've kind of figured out. This could cost us hundreds of millions of dollars in the middle of an economic downturn. So a frantic phone conference was held between corporate management and store managers around the country. This was last Thursday. And they were instructed to take their gay pride line, which is like right now when you enter the store, consolidate it to about one-third its size, and put it all the way in a back dark corner of the store so they won't lose business. My suggestion is, folks, you just go somewhere else and let Target learn its lesson like the rest of these woke outfits. By the way, one of the clothing articles, including for kids, in their pride line, is (laughs) is tuck-friendly, <laughs> I'm even, honestly, I'm not making this up, tuck-friendly ladies' swimsuits that have extra crotch coverage. Okay. Unfortunately, yet another blow against parental rights was struck by a New Jersey, I mean, this is pervasive, folks, by a New Jersey superior court. They issued an order last week temporarily blocking a local school system from notifying parents if their child was thinking about such major decisions as gender transitioning. Oh, well, what could go wrong here? And this was over the notifications by the Hanover Township Board of Education, good for you, Board of Education, who asserted and was informing parents because, quote, parents need to be informed on all material issues that affect their children, unquote. That way they can fulfill their roles as parents, unquote. So Democratic Governor Phil Murphy, do we see some correlation here? Democratic Governor Phil Murphy denounced the system and got his AG involved. New Jersey, you almost got rid of this Murphy creep, and then you blew it. Maybe next time you will have learned your lesson. Down there on the southern border, the situation is deteriorating. But that's okay, because the Biden administration has come up with a new ploy. This is now being done. Originally, remember, it wasn't being done. Then the border was under control. Then, you know, don't believe your lion eyes. But now, well, you know, it is kind of happening, but it's really part of our economic plan. This is good for all of us because with all these new jobs that we're creating, our new job programs, high tech firms, our growing economy, and I quote New jobs this year as we're breaking ground on key infrastructure projects under the president's infrastructure law the Chips and Science Act, and new green jobs as we implement the Inflation Reduction Act, unquote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was Katie Tobin, by the way, the Senior Director for Transborder Security on the National Security Council. Don't you feel safe? Quote, as our economy grows, we need workers that we just don't have enough of. So it's in our interest to bring people in and stay competitive globally, unquote. So, folks, it really is happening, and it's really for your good, and it's all part of their plan to better your life. So Minnesota's Governor Tim Walz, Democrat, and Gretchen Whitmer, the witch Democrat governor of Michigan, I can't believe she stayed in office, have both signed new gun control laws passed by their Democratic legislatures. By the way, those legislatures flipped barely to Democrat from Republican in the 2022 midterms. Do you understand why these state elections are so important? These local elections are so important? These school board elections are so important? You know, the proponents of gun control poo-poo the argument that in all the places there is the strictest gun control, New York, California, Chicago, etc., etc., that murder and crime rates have wildly spiked. They say, well, the reason is is that we don't have a national gun control law. So doing it in these localities, you know, a city of four million, has no effect. What we need is national gun confiscation and gun control. Well, now we're going to get a chance to study what really happens when you implement national gun control. Bolsonaro was the right-leaning, Trump-supporting president of Brazil up to last year. Then in a somewhat suspect election, which closely mirrored the fraudulent elections up here, he narrowly lost to a guy by the name of Lulu, who's a extreme leftist, who by the way is uh, in love with China. And one of the first things Lulu is doing here in his first six months of office is, you guessed it, implementing gun control in Brazil, and it's going to be nationwide. Brazil, for your information, prior to Bolsonaro, who promoted gun ownership, gun safety gun training brazil had one of the highest murder rates in the world 27.8 per hundred thousand 5.5 times higher than the united states and then once he got into office and took the opposite tact the murder rates began to fall they fell in every single year and by 2021 had dropped to 18.5 per hundred thousand that's a 34 percent drop and the lowest since the early 1990s in brazil But, you know, not to be outdone, the progressive left in the name of Dan Webster of John Hopkins University, oh, there's our universities again, claimed that for Brazil, quote, every 1% increase in firearm ownership is associated with a a 0.6% increase in overall homicide rates. unquote. Apparently, the good professor doesn't want you to take out your calculator, because if that was true, a 600% increase in gun ownership, which is what Brazil experienced under Bolsonaro, would have resulted in a 360% increase, not a 34% drop in homicides. And I'm sure the left will come up with Other excuses to try and explain this away. But we're actually going to have a model now. To have comparative analysis between a nationwide, it's okay to own, be trained in, and use firearms for self-defense. Versus a, you can't have guns, nationally, comparison. But right now, we're out of time. As always, look in the mirror and repeat after me with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and across the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Thanks for listening. Keep the wind at your back. We'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side.